I'm Julia Bramble. And I'm Ian Anson Gray. Welcome to the Free Range Social Show. <laughs> As always, this podcast episode is a recording of a live show where the audience was able to interact with us. And if you'd like to be part of one of these live shows, then head on down to freerangesocialshow.com so you can find out when our next live show is. Join us and you can ask your own questions and get involved with the discussion. So, without further ado, here is this week's show. Welcome to the Free Range Social Show with Ian Anderson Gray and Julia Bramble. It's social media uncaged. Your social media marketing moving. Hello, welcome to the Free Range Social Show with Ian Anderson Gray and Julia Bramble. And Cat. And Cat. Your cat's <laughs> got a name. Cat is called Smudge. Smudge. So there we go. We've got live in the studio Smudge the Cat, as okay. well as I, usual people, us. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us live or watching the replay or indeed listening to the podcast. We're broadcasting on Facebook Live at Free Range Social, facebook.com forward slash Free Range Social. And uh, we've also got a podcast which will be coming out reasonably soon. Uh, so uh, what are we talking about today, Julia? Today, aside from talking about how to avoid having cats jump on you when you're doing Facebook Lives, we are talking about how to how to avoid having lots and lots of people unfollow you. You've worked hard to maybe build your audience on social media, and yet if you're not careful, there are things that we can do which might prompt people to unfollow us. So we can flip that over and think about what we can actually do to keep our audience loyal, to keep our audience interested, to encourage them to share our stuff and all of that good stuff. Yeah, I think this is a really exciting topic. And I think we, we should all be experts at this because there is the flip side in that I'm sure we've all followed people that we have subsequently unfollowed. And one mm. of those reasons for us doing that you know in some ways it can be quite um it could be a very quick and easy decision or it could be like a gut-wrenching thing because they are uh, either a friend or uh, a business that we've had so much um time for we've been a loyal fan of them and something has flipped us over the edge so i think we can learn a lot from th the experience of unfollowing yeah. people and businesses and think about well what would it take for, for the same thing to happen in my business? Uh, and I think we're not always good at that, are we? We're, we're good at um, making, of having the experience of being on the the, the, the other end of, uh, yeah, being the consumer end uh, and having a bad experience with the business. But I think we sometimes don't realise when it's our business and we've done something wrong, we don't always realise the, the negative side of things, if that makes at all sense in my <laughs> My brain is not working quite so well today, but hopefully that makes sense. It, I think it makes absolute perfect good, good, sense. I'm glad. And I think that is that's a wonderful way to look at it, isn't it? If you know, if you were following, you know, you maybe the the brand or the business, what would make you unfollow you? And as you've said, when you do unfollow people, why is it that you unfollow and what can we learn from that? Perfect. Yeah. So we've we've all had those experiences. Have you had any experiences that you can remember I mean I know this is just I haven't kind of asked you this question before but you know what kind of things have really got your goat that have tipped you over the edge 
I guess for me, there's probably three things, and there is, these are all so relevant to why mm. people do unfollow brands and businesses on social, so it's, it's fab. Um, one is when I've been following somebody and maybe I've replied to them or something like that, and they've basically shown me no attention whatsoever, that for me can be a cue to unfollow. And I know from reading around the subject and reading studies and things that that's also a reason why people unfollow brands and businesses. It's when they will, you know, post something to them and they get no response at all. Um, mm. Second of all is when I realize that somebody I've followed maybe on Twitter or Instagram usually is sharing stuff that doesn't interest me at all, no longer interests me, that's of no relevance to me whatsoever. And again, we know that that is also hyper true of people unfollowing brands or businesses. Um, and third of all is when brands or businesses are just, and in fact, people, you know, just human beings, when they're just talking about themselves the whole time, because that at the end of the day gets very boring when there isn't anything in it for me, for us, then mm. that is going to prompt me to think about unfollowing as well. That's a good one. Yeah. So it's, it's being full of your own self-importance. Yeah. And I think it's missing, missing the fact that, you know, when you're on social as a business, in one sense, you are there for yourselves. I mean, there is a selfish motive there. You're, you're there to sell stuff, but that doesn't come across very well. So you're you're ultimately there on social to interact with your audience and to be there for them. And, yeah. um, you know, I've just been reading Mark Schaefer's book, uh, Marketing Rebellion, which is some staggering statistics. And, and uh, you know, we'll maybe talk this talk about this another time. But um, yes, you've got your book there. This one. <laughs> highly, highly recommended, by the way. Uh, it's it's going to kind of blow your mind. And the, the fact of the matter is that the majority of your business's marketing is not going to be done by yourself. It's going to be done by your audience, uh, whether they are talking to, with you or not. But if you can own that conversation, if you can, if people are talking to you, then for goodness sake, respond to them, you know, talk to them. Don't, uh, it's not all about you. It's actually about them. And if you can uh, empower your audience to actually do your marketing, then I think that's, that is part of the rebellion um, that we're, we're seeing in marketing today. So ultimately, uh, respond. And it has to be done quickly. This is another book plug, but mm. uh, Jay Bear's, uh, what's it called? Uh, Hug Your Haters. And some of the research, I can't remember exactly the statistics at the top of my head, but certainly the customer advocacy, which I know is a bit of a posh phrase, but that's, uh, think about it in the way that the the people that are going to be your fans, that the, the percentage of fans will increase uh, dependent on how quickly you get back to them. So it's also how quickly you do that. And this is something that I'm not very good at. I'm not always very good at getting back to people very quickly. It's a, it's a tricky one for small businesses, um, but uh, definitely respond to as many comments as you possibly can, if ideally all of them, uh, and to do that in a timely manner. And uh, I think if you don't do that, you may be in for your follower count going down. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it shows that you are not putting your audience high up your priority list. And actually, you know, if you're going out there on social media, if you're wanting to be part of that, that big hubbub, that global conversation, if you're putting yourself out there and asking people to give you attention, then in return as businesses, shouldn't we therefore be giving attention back to people who are actually talking to us? And, and obviously, yes, we should. 
Absolutely. So if you're watching this live, let us know what you think. Uh, what are your worst experiences when it comes to social media that's prompted you to press that unfollow button? Tell us, we'd love to know. And have you got any thoughts on uh, what you should do or what businesses should do to increase the the loyalty and to decrease the likelihood of people pressing that unfollow button. I've got Robert Stern here. Hi, Robert. He's saying hey, his, Robert. his uh, hey, hey, hey. It's hey, hey, hey. Is that right? There's three hey's, isn't there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so great to see you, Robert. Uh, do let us know, as I say uh, in the comments, if you've got any thoughts on this subject. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you there, Julia. And I think some of the things that I have found that prompt me to press that unfollow button are things like uh, is immediately after you follow them or immediately after they follow you, then pressing the DM button and contacting oh, yes. you. Now, this this tends to happen on Twitter, possibly Instagram, and definitely LinkedIn a yeah. lot. So they'll f they, they will follow you, you follow them back, and then instantly there's a direct message. And it's not I would forgive if it was like, oh, hi, I see you followed me. I'd love to get to know you, that kind of message. It's obviously automated, a lot of these. And it's kind of like, hey, I've got this free thing. And I I know that you're going to like it. Click on this button to, or click on this link to see the, the free thing that's going to um, it's going to really change your life. You know, and it's it's usually a course or an ebook, um, either either a freebie or something that they want to sell or the worst one probably is, hey, thanks for following me on Twitter. Click here to follow me on Facebook. Let's connect on LinkedIn. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't always prompt me to press the unfollow button, but the statistics do show uh, on Twitter, and this was quite a few years ago, that the, the percentage of unfollows goes up dramatically. It's like nearly 300% uh, the last time this was uh, looked at um, when you have an automatic direct message after you follow somebody. So unless it's, unless it's you know, a proper message that is you're starting a conversation, then don't do it. And in my, in my view, actually, start the conversation in the public, so with mentions, and then bring it on to a slightly more private uh, medium so uh, definitely don't be a robot I mean I think we love yeah. to save time we love well not always not everyone loves automation I'm a big fan of automation but it needs to be done intelligently and selectively and uh, when it comes to tools you know I don't I, I would say don't use tools to automate uh, engagement That's yeah I would agree and in fact so many tools that we use now are actually annoying people. And, you know, you'll get marketers who say, oh, but but they work because they managed to get, I don't know, one sign-up to their email list or something because they were using a pop-up on their website. But what they haven't measured maybe is all the people that have actually jumped across to their website and then jumped away again yeah. because this pop-up has been there. Or the same with, you know, that direct message on Twitter or LinkedIn. Oh, but I got one person who then went and hooked up with me. But, yeah. I mean, A, you've given them a really bad impression of you in the first place and B, you've probably lost a load of other people in the process. You just haven't measured yeah. that metric. That's a really good point. And so I think, yeah, we you may get really excited. You may actually think that your your method here is working because you've got one sign up. But of course what you're not measuring there is all the the plethora of people who I love that word plethora. I had to put it in there. <laughs> All those people that have not signed up because of your 
tactics there. Um, so I, I, I think, yeah, engagement is so, so important. It's called social media for a reason. I've got Robert Stern saying, I have also noticed Instagram on Twitter, the down part I see uh, most is the bots that are set up to follow and unfollow. Yes. Yeah, so this oh, is yeah. this is uh, what's known. I mean, Twitter called this the uh, the aggressive follow unfollow technique, and it's actually banned on Twitter. Although, I mean, I don't know how they actually go go uh, <sighs> and uh, try and find out these people. I, I think they have algorithms to try and spot it. But yeah, they, there's this aggressive way of following and then unfollowing. Um, people on on Twitter, and, and I'm sure it's the same on Instagram as well. So uh, that that is that is annoying. I mean, I, I I get this a lot. In fact, one time I was actually accused. Somebody accused me of doing the same, of uh, following Ooh. them and then immediately unfollowing. I didn't do it intentionally, but uh, I think some people out there are, are realizing that this happens a lot. Um, hmm. So yeah, and of course, what one thing you uh, that follows on from that, Robert, is of course the dreadful. Uh, bots on instagram that add these ridiculously boring comments like great post or i don't know what they are you know all these things and they're using automated bots to just engage with people so that again is another reason why i will unfollow somebody if particularly on instagram if i'm getting i mean usually i'm not following them in the first place but yeah. if i am i will unfollow them straight away uh, Robert Bowley's in the house. Hi, Robert. Hi, Robert. Uh, so we've got lots of Roberts. It's the, the day of Roberts today. It's just, <laughs> all the comments are from Robert. It's going to get confusing. So definitely, I, I, I hope you feel I felt that I wasn't ignoring you, Robert. I was going to get through to your comment, but he says definitely being ignored after contacting someone wanting help or info. And I yeah. I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little bit nervous at this point because, um, you know, being a small business, it's hard. You know, when you get emails and people wanting they email you and, and I want to get back to them straight away, but sometimes it's a few days, if I'm being honest. It is hard, but maybe it's not, you know, people can people can understand if you're a small business. I think this is probably more of a problem with the larger brands. So, for example, I, not recently, but I have in the past nipped over to Marks and Sparks' Facebook page. And you will see over there a whole raft of people. There'll be some people talking about the products. There'll be some people asking questions. And there'll be some people basically saying they've had problems. And certainly when I've looked in the past, Marks and Sparks have been really slow to respond. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that these, you know, the comments, the questions, um, and the complaints are all public. So the public are seeing yes. that M&S are not putting their customers at the top of the tree. So what impression does that give customers and potential customers of M&S. It gives you the impression that actually they care about something else, whatever else they're doing with their time more than actually coming and responding to, to people who need help or who've got a genuine question or who've, actually, who've had a problem with your product or your service. Hmm. And probably what they're going and spending time with, you know, it could be that actually they're answering questions on the phone or whatever else. But the impression that it gives out there on social just ain't great. And we know from the studies that have been done, there have been numerous studies done, um, people have responded to surveys in this country as well as in the States, but in this country that have asked about why they unfollow brands and businesses and, and be ignored comes out pretty much at the top of the pile. Mm, scary stuff. Yeah, it's really important. It I, I mean, I think we've all had that experience. We've taken the courage to tweet or, or send a message to a brand 
and all there is is radio silence. And uh, I think, you know, some, some particularly small businesses, but even even the bigger businesses out there, they get really afraid when there is uh, a complaint. You know, I complained to Virgin Trains yesterday. Uh, and by the way, just it, for our international audience, if you don't know what m and is, it's Marks and oh, Spencer's. Marks and Spencer. it's, it's a big, uh, how would you describe it? You know, It's a big retailer. Retail in the It's been UK. going for over a century, hasn't yeah. it? And yeah. it is struggling. They're yeah, struggling they to really keep struggling. their place in the market. They are. And uh, so, yeah, so I was, I popped down to London yesterday on the trains and I was just getting very frustrated by the fact that, you know, you go to the toilet and the toilet talks to you. I mean, you can't <laughs> even go there. And then uh, over the tannoy, there was this kind of repeated message all the time. So I, it wasn't really bothering me. But I, so I, I took to Twitter and I, I tweeted them. And they, to their credit, they did get back to me. Um, I, so, I, but I think sometimes using sometimes using humor or, or actually just engaging in a more human way, I think I was slightly underwhelmed by their response because it was oh well, well it was a bit like the talking to somebody on the phone. Your your car is important to us. It was a bit like that. And yes, we we we're, we're very sorry about that. I'll pass the message on. Uh, so I think sometimes using you know coming back to the other thing that we we're talking about, which is being human. People, we're all wanting. We have this desire to interact with other human beings. And the problems with brands are that they're, in general, not very human. And so when no. we're engaging with a brand, uh, that actually made me feel a little bit un underwhelmed. And although I personally, I like the brand Virgin, Virgin Trains, uh, I think I would have been even more of a fan if they'd gone to a bit more effort. And so... Yeah, that's that's another experience. Uh, Robert Bowley also says automated requests are an instant unfollow. So definitely don't do any of that with Robert. And I would agree with you. Uh, what about you, Julia? Yeah, I just, I tend to ignore them. Then I decide whether to follow or unfollow. But usually if someone is sending spammy stuff like that, then, then everything else is going to be pretty rubbish as well. So they're likely to get and unfollow to be honest. But your story about Virgin Trains just reminded me of a completely opposite experience that I had in September when I was flying out to Madrid to do that training I was doing for my client. Um, I flew out from Heathrow and I took a couple of photos because you know me, I take photos everywhere I go and plonked them out on Twitter and kind of said, oh, what a beautiful day to be flying out from Heathrow or whatever in my tweet. And it was more, you know, it was for my audience. I was just being chatty and, you know, sharing a photo and, and all that kind of stuff. And I got a tweet back from Heathrow Airport within about under a minute, basically. And they didn't just come back and say, oh, hope you enjoy your flight or anything like that. What they did is they came back, they said about how lovely the photo was, they hoped that I had a nice flight, but they had also looked at a couple of the other tweets that I had put out saying why I was going to Madrid to run some social media training. And they wished me well with my social media workshop that I was going to be running. Like how amazing that is. is that? It didn't take a lot of effort. You know, all the stuff was there, but it was just taking mm. that extra step to show that you were actually interested like they probably weren't interested at all but the feeling it gave me as a human being to have someone actually interested in the stuff that I'd shared out there on Twitter and then respond to it was incredible and I think the more 
as businesses, we can mimic that sort of behavior, which is how we would respond to a friend, then the more likely we are to, to hang on to those followers. I love that. Yeah. I, so, so maybe they didn't really care. I, I don't know. But I, the fact maybe the, they did. Maybe the, they but, didn't. But, but, Whatever. But the fact of the matter is, somebody, a real human being, this was not automated, took the time to, to your message and re to respond to your message. And you know, they, I, de I don't even think how many mentions and, and things yeah. they have. Did did can you remember whether you mentioned Heathrow Airport in the tweet? I did. I said Heathrow, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't use their Twitter handle. So you didn't, I yeah. just said Heathrow. So they're, they're obviously got you know their social media listening switched on, and they've probably got all sorts of tools to help them with that. Yeah. But as you say, it's the fact that there was then the human touch. Mm. They sent a reply that was definitely not automated, which yeah. was that was just fab. And that that's important because I think that's something we should all think about, which is not just to respond to when people mention you I mean those that's the easy bit but it's yeah. when people are maybe mentioning you without mentioning you if that makes sense so yes. they're, they're not tagging you in and so it's actually those conversations sometimes that I, that's that's where the amazing conversations can happen so um yeah that so that that's a that's a really really cool story I love what Robert says which is completely uh, changing the subject but just he says I'm getting a t-shirt that says plethora um, <laughs> I'd love to see you wear that in fact, that uh, could oh, be, that could be uh, I think I might want to get a T-shirt that says that too. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's a really interesting comment. I think uh, you know, don't be a robot. Uh, I, I also think, you know, it's about giving value, being consistent with the kind of content. So don't just be a dumping ground for content, just dumping everything down. But also, I think in terms of the content that you're sharing, I think it should be personal and human and this is maybe a tricky thing for uh, businesses because how do you share personal stories uh, it, it may seem a bit tricky to begin with to think about that but I think once you get started once you start to share the stories maybe of your employees in, in or your customers stories or things that uh, you believe in your business believes in uh, then it's, it's those stories that people are actually interested in. They're not interested whether you've just won uh, a, a competition in your area for the, the best, I don't know, beekeeping uh, company in, in the UK or something. I mean, it's it's more about telling stories that people can relate to and empathize with. And, and also more and more today, it's to do with causes. You know, what it could be like an ethical cause. It could be something that you really believe in that your audience also believes in too. So I think those kinds of things, those kind of stories are going to get you more followers as opposed to just talking about yourself all the time and being boring and not human. It's very true. There was a study done about three years ago, I think, where, um, again, it was another survey over here and people were asked what they thought of the content shared by brands on social media and like... They responded and said the majority, over 95% of the stuff shared by brands and businesses on social media was rubbish because it was adding no value to their lives. So, I mean, if we want to be keeping our followers continuing to be interested and in and sharing our content, then we need to know what it is that they actually want from us in the first place. You know, that is really important. And some people, when they're following brands and businesses, do so because they want vouchers. 
and they want discounts and they're not necessarily interested yes. in, you know, how to do this, that and the other. They're actually there for the discount. So if you know that's what your crowd is about, then, you know, maybe you need to pander to that to a certain extent. If you know your crowd is, a, is about wanting to know, you know, top tips and how to use your your product or your service, mm. then again, you want to be catering to that. But as you said, Ian, I think when we're on social, we're all human beings. And when we go onto social, we're actually looking to find um, people we can feel that connection with, that tribe, if you like, that we belong to. So we're looking to find those kind of little hooks that that we align with. And if you as a brand or a business are, are sharing stuff that that doesn't have any of those, then you're mm. not going to find people sticking to you. You know, you want to be a little bit like Velcro. I like that little metaphor that I, I just made I do too, up. I do. We need to put that on the T-shirt too. Yes. We've got a lot the of T-shirts. The other thing is, that if, you're, if you're sharing stuff that looks and sounds the same as every other business in your sector or your mm. industry, then why are people going to follow you rather than follow any of the others out there? You do need to have some sort of distinction as well. Another really good point, don't just be a clone. Uh, it's important to, again, it comes down to the humanity side of things. Be, be be yourself, you know, embrace your flaws uh, as well. I mean, that's more difficult as a business, but it's it's bringing the, putting the human side of your business to the forefront as well. Um, I was going to say something and I've now completely forgotten, which is really annoying. But uh, uh, while I remember, it was it was something very, very ingenious, of course, as it always <laughs> is that comes out of my mouth. But uh, Fry Wade uh, says a plethora of plethora T-shirts. I like that. Yes. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, that's really annoying. I've completely forgotten what I was oh, going to no. say. But it was um, what were, we were talking about. I so yeah, talking I, about I think. Belt, so, yeah. I, so I think it's there's a number of things going on there's obviously the content that we're producing that that needs to be high quality content there also needs to be high quality engagement that we're going to be engaging with our audience or even people outside of our audience in a very human way and so i think we need to it's, it's like a two-pronged attack really we need to create really valuable content but we also need to be engaging in a very human way and going a little bit further than than you'd um, initially think. I think it's it's important yes. to do to do that. And and I think when it comes down to uh, people unfollowing you, I, I think have a have a look at the kind of content that you're producing and and see. Well, if I am getting starting to get more people unfollowing me, am I actually doing the right thing here? Uh, and are the people that are unfollowing me my audience or maybe they're not now so you could argue that the if your unfollow count goes down that that is actually a good thing so you to take up in your point and I've, this is good because i've finally remembered what it was i was going to Yay. say which was uh you mentioned something about people who are looking out for competition so i've studied uh i've worked with a few businesses in the past where we've analyzed their twitter account and their twitter account a big segment, maybe 20, 25% of the followers are all competition seekers. And mm -hmm. the reason for, for there's a big bulk of their followers that way is because they've run quite a few competitions in the past and news travels fast and you know they all say, oh, check out this, you know, you need to follow this because they're doing a really cool competition. And actually, are those people really out there for your products or are they just out to get some freebies and the answer is they're just out to get some freebies so the number of people uh, from that segment that unfollow you isn't necessarily a bad thing because they're not really interested in in what you're 
you're uh, talking about and your 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 uh, your products and your services. So I think it depends on the and the audience. Uh, so it de depends on the kind of audience that you're seeking. Uh, so study, do an, an an analysis, if I can say that word, of <laughs> your audience and have a real good think about the the type of audience that you're wanting to attract. Attract them, but don't worry so much if you're getting unfollows from your non-audience, if that makes sense, your non-perfect audience. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And actually, contests and competitions are are great, but they are also a way to attract, as you've said, a load of people who are then not necessarily going to be engaged mm -hmm. as you move forwards. And that's another point, really, to why, uh, why we start to see people unfollowing us. It might be that someone say followed us after they saw us do a Facebook live that they thought was amazing or they they found a piece of content that we shared on Twitter and they absolutely loved it but after that our content is a little bit samey it doesn't quite grab them the way that it used to they you know they through us maybe sharing other people's content they find two or three other people that are doing something similar and actually they kind of think oh you know I resonate more with these people or these people are actually doing it in a more interesting way meaning we've got to keep our game kind of up if you like so we've got to keep creating the kind of content that our kind of people keep wanting to see mm -hmm. and keep engaging with it's not just a one-off and and that's tricky and that requires energy and that requires effort and that does require knowing what it is that our audiences want. And it might mean that we end up actually creating less content and sharing it less frequently because we're putting more effort into creating stuff that our audiences really value. And I know there have been a few studies run on that recently as well. So Buffer were testing that theory out for one. Mm. And they actually found that when they started creating less content, but it was higher quality, this was on Facebook, that they generally got a much better response. So mm. it might be that we have to take that model on board. I like that, yeah. So it's, it's interesting because I think in one sense, creating more content is a, is a really positive thing. But the the person that tends to gain the, the most out of that is you. It's it, because you learn from that experience. The more you do it, the better it becomes. And yes, in the end, the, the audience will gain benefit from that but I think the, the problem is yeah as you say the quality isn't always going to be that great so I've always been yeah. a believer in uh, less frequent high quality content we've got a great uh, question here from Jonathan Paul I'd be really interested in your thoughts on this uh, Julia and I'll, I'll share some of mine but uh, so it's quite a long question but he says hi both good to see you is there a line between personal and business tweeting so if someone follows you for a business or professional reason, do you think they may be inclined to unfollow you if you don't tweet solely about that? Could your personal tweeting be a negative? I love that question. Really good question. So what's I your really like that question that? as yeah. well. And I think for everybody, the line is going to be different. So I think personally that if you're a business, some of your tweets should include some personal type stuff because most people are human and most people can can warm to that that type of approach and even if you don't particularly enjoy those personal tweets you would understand why as a business they're including them you know it just gives you a little bit more of that 360 degree view of the business whether that is a one person business or whether it is you know a five or six person business however 
I think we all, we've all got our own taste as to, how, as to what we yeah. feel is oversharing on the personal side. So if I see six tweets all of someone like sharing their breakfast or whatever when it is a business account, then I'm going to think, yeah, do I actually really want to see this? <laughs> Whereas for somebody else that might wash over them and they might think that's absolutely fine. So I do think that's a very personal line, but it's such an interesting question. It is a really interesting question. So coming back to your your comment about breakfast, and I always laugh because I think if you look at Twitter, quite a few of the first people, if you look back at the first tweets people um, sent out, it's usually about food. Like, oh, I'm just about to have some lunch and it's this. Um, But I think it's all about adding value. So this is not to say that all tweets have to be mega valuable, but if you're posting about, food what you had for breakfast then if it's just about that and there's nothing else if it's just a pretty kind of innocuous tweet that's that doesn't really give any of any value and you're constantly doing that then I I think that's not good I think you're going to get people that aren't following you but if you could turn that into like a business lesson or something that relates to your business and then yeah absolutely why not or if it if it highlights something about you that's different that your customers can get behind i think that's yeah. a really good thing and i I've, I've mentioned this before but i gained a customer because i tweeted that i was going out to my po- local park i named the park with my kids and the reason i got i gained this customer was because all the tweets beforehand were hopefully the world they were really valuable t- to this person they they saw my my expertise and then it was actually this personal tweet that showed that I was a real human being. I had kids and I and she knew the park I was talking about, that it was that human interaction there. So I, I think that that's that is that is one reason why I think personal tweets are a really good thing or personal social media posts are a really good thing. But if you can, then try and put it into uh what your your business, you know, try and have a, a relationship between those things as well. Um but I think at the end of the day, and this is kind of what you said, it really depends on your audience. I know some yeah. people out there who are incredibly, incredibly, uh, what's the word? Well, very authentic and they will share everything, their struggles, what they're, you know, the, the bad things that have happened. And some people will see that as just f- far too oversharing and almost like, um, hanging out their dirty laundry for everyone else to see and that's going to put some people off but for some of those brands it makes for, and this is mainly for solopreneurs i think it would make make sense that for for them it makes perfect sense because the audience really gain a lot from seeing uh, that aspect of them but for some businesses it will not make any sense at all so i think you just need to work out look at yourself, look at your business and also look at your audience and work out what is best for you. But there is no right or wrong. And test it and test it. I mean, the long and the short of it for me, anyway, personally, following someone on Twitter is, are they interesting? So there are any number of people out there who all they do on Twitter is share a load of links to a load of blogs about whatever subject it is that they're tweeting about. And hardly, you know, they might just put the title in and that's it. And and that to me is Yawnsville, Arizona. Whereas if, you know, they happen to show a photo of, I don't know, even their dog out for a walk or, you know, their child out in the playground, at least it would break up the monotony a little bit and it would show that maybe they haven't just actually used a tool to go out and mm. grab all these blogs mm. into something that's then um, scheduling them all out as tweets. 
that they are actually a real human being. So I think if you know if you were sharing your breakfast all the time, if you made it into a bit of a challenge, I'm doing the 10 day challenge and finding out how many breakfasts I can test in 10 days or something like that, then you kind of got a reason yeah. for sharing it. But it's all these like, someone's told me I should be personal on Twitter and therefore oh. I am showing yeah. my plate of breakfast type tweets that are just like, oh, well, I have to admit, I haven't seen many of those. Well, I don't think I've seen any of those, but maybe I've not been on uh, Twitter enough recently. But, I did. Uh, I did. Now, what was it? There was, and this was something that I was actually talking about the other day because I thought it was really good, but there was a day before Christmas that was marked out as a day when local authorities were actually like sharing stories of what they do to help the local community and what their employees are doing and all that kind of stuff. And there were some really lovely stories told of people that you would not necessarily even know about, but people who work for the local authorities and people you would know about, like lollipop people and dustbin people and things like that. But there was one particular lady I happened to notice who obviously worked for their local authority, the local council or something, who literally shared a photo of her lunch, which was some sort of wrap, which was very beige on a very beige plate. And that was her tweet with this hashtag of the day on it. It's just like, really? Brilliant. So, yes, well, happen. I know what I'm going to be sharing tomorrow. So <laughs> we'll we're, look we're, out for it. we're kind of uh, near, well, we are kind of out of time, but I just, there was one tiny thing that I wanted to share. And that, that is just the other thing is that the, just to highlight really the engagement the response that you give, I think it, you need to be very careful. You need to have a, a, a real rules and rules in place to know how to deal with all the responses. And the, the reason I, I mentioned this, this is actually not a social media thing. This was an email thing. But I responded to someone's newsletter recently. And it was kind of a call from one person. And they were they were just sharing some information. And so I thought I'd respond uh, to them. Now, I wasn't expecting a response straight away, but within 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, I got a response. I was really excited until I opened the email and it wasn't from the person. It was from their team. And <laughs> so this this really depends. If it's a bigger business, then it may, makes sense because you've got a team. But if it's if it's, if it's it's like a, a one person, if it's uh, like, what would you say, a, like public figure, then yeah. it, it kind of sometimes, there was a bit of a mismatch between the email going up from that person and the response that I got. And I felt slightly, I don't know, perturbed by that. So I think we need to sometimes be careful on how we respond. Yeah, think about the context and, mm. and think about what you're, yeah, what the person at the other end could be thinking, feeling or expecting. All yeah. about expectations. Indeed, indeed. Anyway, on that happy note... <laughs> We will leave it there. Um, we'll be with you again next week. And we're here every Monday at two o'clock UK yeah. time. That's two o'clock in the afternoon, not in the morning. Uh, we're not that keen. And that's uh, <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning, Eastern US time or 6am. You have to be very keen for that Pacific. So we'll be with you next week. And how can people find out more about you, Julia? Or just come and natter with me on social. I'm at Julia Bramble on all the socials. Fab. And, and you? I can be found on I, at iag.me. That's my website, but also on my socials. Just search my name, Ian Nelson Gray. Uh, it's been great to have you watching uh, either yes, live or you. the replay. And uh, thank you so much. And we'll be with you next week. So, toodling, everyone. See you soon. Bye. Bye.
That was the Free Range Social Show with Ian Anderson Gray and Julia Brown. See you next week. Better attend to those cows.